Book Two, Part Four of On the Nature of Things by Titus Lucretius Carus. Translated by William Ellery Leonard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Daniel Vermont. Book Two, Part Four Absence of Secondary Qualities. Now come, this wisdom by my sweet toil sought look thou perceive lest haply thou shouldst guess that the white objects shining to thine eyes are gendered of white atoms or the black of a black seed or yet believe that aught that steeped in any hue should take its dye from bits of matter tinct with hue the same for matter's bodies own no hue the least or like to objects or again unlike but if per case it seem to thee that mind itself can dart no influence of its own into these bodies wide thou wanderest off for since the blind-born who have ne'er surveyed the light of sun yet recognize by touch things that from birth had ne'er a hue for them tis thine to know that bodies can be brought no less unto the ken of our minds too though yet those bodies with no dye be smeared again ourselves whatever in the dark we touch the same we do not find to be tinctured with any colour now that here i win the argument i next will teach now every colour changes none except and every which the primordials ought nowise to do since an immutable somewhat must remain lest all things utterly be brought to naught for change of anything from out its bounds means instant death of that which was before wherefore be mindful not to stain with colour the seeds of things lest things return for thee all utterly to naught but now if seeds receive no property of colour and yet be still endowed with variable forms from which all kinds of colours they beget and vary by reason that ever it matters much with what seeds and in what positions joined and what the motions that they give and get forthwith most easily thou mayest devise why what was black of hue an hour ago can of a sudden like the marble gleam as ocean when the high winds have upheaved its level plains is changed to hoary waves of marble whiteness for thou mayest declare that when the thing we often see as black is in its matter then commixed anew some atoms rearranged and some withdrawn and added some tis seen forthwith to turn glowing and white but if of azure seeds consist the level waters of the deep they could in no wise whiten for however thou shakest azure seeds the same can never pass into marble hue but if the seeds which thus produce the ocean's one pure sheen be now with one hue now another dyed as oft from alien forms and divers shapes a cubes produced all uniform in shape 
twould be but natural even as in the cube we see the forms to be dissimilar that thus we'd see in brightness of the deep or in whatever one pure sheen thou wilt colours diverse and all dissimilar besides the unlike shapes don't thwart the least the whole in being externally a cube but differing hues of things do block and keep the whole from being of one resultant hue then too the reason which entices us at times to attribute colours to the seeds falls quite to pieces since white things are not create from white things nor are black from black but evermore they are create from things of divers colours verily the white will rise more readily is sooner born out of no colour than of black or aught which stands in hostile opposition thus besides since colours cannot be sans light and the primordials come not forth to light tis thine to know they are not clothed with colour truly what kind of colour could there be in the viewless dark nay in the light itself a colour changes gleaming variedly when smote by vertical or slanting ray thus in the sunlight shows the down of doves that circles garlanding the nape and throat now it is ruddy with a bright gold bronze now by a strange sensation it becomes green emerald blended with the coral red the peacock's tail filled with the copious light changes its colours likewise when it turns wherefore since by some blow of light begot without such blow these colours can't become and since the pupil of the eye receives within itself one kind of blow when said to feel a white hue then another kind when feeling a black or any other hue and since it matters nothing with what hue the things thou touchest be perchance endowed but rather with what sort of shape equipped tis thine to know the atoms need not colour but render forth sensations as of touch that vary with their varied forms besides since special shapes have not a special colour and all formations of the primal germs can be of any sheen thou wilt why then are not those objects which are of them made suffused each kind with colours of every kind for then twere meet that ravens as they fly should dartle from white pinions a white sheen or swans turn black from seed of black or be of any single varied dye thou wilt again the more an object's rent to bits the more thou see its colour fade away little by little till tis quite extinct as happens when the gaudy linens picked shred after shred away the purple there phoenician red most brilliant of all dyes is lost asunder ravelled thread by thread hence canst perceive the fragments die away from out their colour long ere they depart back to the old primordials of things and last 
since thou concedest not all bodies send out a voice or smell it happens thus that not to all thou givest sounds and smells so too since we behold not all with eyes tis thine to know some things there are as much orphaned of colour as others without smell and reft of sound and those the mind alert no less can apprehend than it can mark the things that lack some other qualities but think not haply that the primal bodies remain despoiled alone of colour so are they from warmth dissevered and from cold and from hot exhalations and they move both sterile of sound and dry of juice and throw not any odour from their proper bodies just as when undertaking to prepare a liquid balm of myrrh and marjoram and flower of nard which to our nostrils breathes odour of nectar first of all behooves thou seek as far as find thou may and can the inodorous olive oil which never sends one whiff of scent to nostrils that it may the least debauch and ruin with sharp tang the odorous essence with its body mixed and in it seethed and on the same account the primal germs of things must not be thought to furnish colour in begetting things nor sound since powerless they to send forth aught from out themselves nor any flavour too nor cold nor exhalation hot or warm the rest yet since these things are mortal all the pliant mortal with a body soft the brittle mortal with a crumbling frame the hollow with the porous all must be disjoined from the primal elements if still we wish under the world to lay immortal groundworks whereupon may rest the sum of weal and safety lest for thee all things return to nothing utterly now too whate'er we see possessing sense must yet confessedly be established all from elements insensate and those signs so clear to all and witnessed out of hand do not refute this dictum nor oppose but rather themselves do lead us by the hand compelling belief that living things are born of elements insensate as i say sooth we may see from out the stinking dung live worms spring up when after soaking rains the drenched earth rots and all things change the same lo change the rivers the fronds the gladsome pastures into the cattle the cattle their nature change into our bodies and from our body oft grow strong the powers and bodies of wild beasts and mighty winged birds thus nature changes all foods to living frames and procreates from them the senses of live creatures all in manner about as she uncoils in flames dry logs of wood and turns them all to fire and seest not therefore how it matters much after what order are set the primal germs and with what other germs they all are mixed and what the motions that they give and get but now 
what is't that strikes thy sceptic mind constraining thee to sundry arguments against belief that from insensate germs the sensible is gendered verily tis this that liquids earth and wood though mixed are yet unable to gender vital sense and therefore twill be well in these affairs this to remember that i have not said senses are born under conditions all from all things absolutely which create objects that feel but much it matters here firstly how small the seeds which thus compose the feeling thing then with what shapes endowed and lastly what they in positions be in motions in arrangements of which facts naught we perceive in logs of wood and clods and yet even these when sodden by the rains give birth to wormy grubs because the bodies of matter from their old arrangements stirred by the new factor then combine anew in such a way as genders living things next they who deem that feeling objects can from feeling objects be create and these in turn from others that are wont to feel soft they make them for all sense is linked with flesh and thews and veins and such we see are fashioned soft and of a mortal frame yet be it that these can last forever on they'll have the sense that's proper to a part or else be judged to have a sense the same as that within live creatures as a whole but of themselves those parts can never feel for all the sense in every member back to something else refers a severed hand or any other member of our frame itself alone cannot support sensation it thus remains they must resemble then live creatures as a whole to have the power of feeling sensation concordant in each part with the vital sense and so they're bound to feel the things we feel exactly as do we if such the case how then can they be named the primal germs of things and how avoid the highways of destruction since they be mere living things and living things be all one and the same with mortal grant they could yet by their meetings and their unions all naught would result indeed besides a throng and hurly-burly all of living things precisely as men and cattle and wild beasts by mere conglomeration each with each can still beget not anything of new but if by chance they lose inside a body their own sense and another sense take on what then avails it to assign them that which is withdrawn thereafter and besides to touch on proof that we pronounced before just as we see the eggs of feathered fowls to change to living chicks and swarming worms to bubble forth when from the soaking rains the earth is sodden sure sensations all can out of non-sensations be begot but if one say that sense can so far rise from nonsense by mutation or because brought forth as by a certain sort of birth twill serve to render plain to him and prove there is no birth unless there be before some formed union of the elements 
nor any change unless they be unite in first place senses can't in body be before its living nature's been begot since all its stuff in faith is held dispersed about through rivers air and earth and all that is from earth created nor has met in combination and in proper mode conjoined into those vital motions which kindle the all-perceiving senses they that keep and guard each living thing soever again a blow beyond its nature's strength shatters forthwith each living thing soe'er and on it goes confounding all the sense of body and mind for of the primal germs are loosed their old arrangements and throughout the vital motions blocked until the stuff shaken profoundly through the frame entire undoes the vital knots of soul from body and throws that soul to outward wide dispersed through all the pores for what may we surmise a blow inflicted can achieve besides shaking asunder and loosening all apart it happens also when less sharp the blow the vital motions which are left are wont oft to win out win out and stop and still the uncouth tumults gendered by the blow and call each part to its own courses back and shake away the motion of death which now begins its own dominion in the body and kindle anew the senses almost gone for by what other means could they the more collect their powers of thought and turn again from very doorways of destruction back unto life rather than pass whereto they be already well-nigh sped and so pass quite away again since pain is there where bodies of matter by some force stirred up through vitals and through joints within their seats quiver and quake inside but soft delight when they remove unto their place again tis thine to know the primal germs can be assaulted by no pain nor from themselves take no delight because indeed they are not made of any bodies of first things under whose strange new motions they might ache or pluck the fruit of any dear new sweet and so they must be furnished with no sense once more if thus that every living thing may have sensation needful tis to assign sense also to its elements what then of those fixed elements from which mankind hath been by their peculiar virtue formed of verity they'll laugh aloud like men shaken asunder by a spasm of mirth or sprinkle with dewy teardrops cheeks and chins and have the cunning hardihood to say much on the composition of the world and in their turn inquire what elements they have themselves since thus the same in kind as a whole mortal creature even they must also be from other elements and then those others from others evermore so that thou darest nowhere make a stop oho i'll follow thee until thou grant the seed which here thou sayest speaks laughs and thinks 
is yet derived out of other seeds which in their turn are doing just the same but if we see what raving nonsense this and that a man may laugh though not forsooth compounded out of laughing elements and think and utter reason with learned speech though not himself compounded for a fact of sapient seeds and eloquent why then cannot those things which we perceive to have their own sensation be composed as well of intermixed seeds quite void of sense end of book two part four recording by daniel vermont osaka japan